When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. LaFleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into LaMare back to LaFleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> You're in the ball! Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoins, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est la mauvaise! Ce sera la victoire des Canadiens. Stanley pour les Canadiens. Le fac troisième de l'histoire. You found the dogs! John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together, they worked the young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup! Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground. Your premier gaming destination. It's gonna be sick. Marinero, the sick podcast on this Thursday, September 21st. It is 10.01 p.m. And the sick podcast is brought to you in part by three major sponsors. In no particular order. Energy Transportation Group, a leading full-service logistics provider serving all of North America. They are driven to be different. Brought to you in part by La Bit at TB, brewed in Quebec, a winner of a dozen international awards. La Bit at TB offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Bit at TB, embrace your true nature. And brought to you in part by Playground. Over 600 machines, poker tournaments, and Playground casino games, daily promotions, unmatched customer service. Their customer service is outstanding. Why go anywhere else? That's what everyone keeps on asking lately. Located just over the Mercier Bridge, only minutes from downtown Montreal, it is Playground. It's going to be a special show tonight because uh, for the um, first time, the pro camp, the pros were on the ice together. And that happened today. It happened earlier today. And just so you know, uh, it's going to be gone, going on over a couple of years here. And uh, basically, um, 72 players in camp. 72 players in camp. And uh, we're going to bring up uh, a list of the four groups. Actually, you know what? Before we do, why don't I... Invite George Larac in to the Sick Podcast. This guy makes me sweat all the time, man. I'm telling you, he makes me sweat all the time. I texted him yesterday. Can you do the Sick Podcast tomorrow night, 10 p.m.? He writes back, okay. Throughout the entire day, radio silence. At 8.27 p.m., I text him, reminder for 10 p.m. No answer. It's 9.59. I tell Agnello and Sammy, please call George Larac because I don't see him. The second the show starts or is about to start, and I finish talking about the sponsors and our partners, there he is. He pops up, and look at him. Look at him. What did they do? 
Guarda que beleza com esta quadra. What's going on? What's going on, Tony? What's going on? Sava? How are you, bro? I'm doing very well. Uh, you had a big time guest today on uh, on your show on uh, Gonzalez, Larac and Gonzalez on BPM Sports, of course. Noon to 3 p.m. Heard throughout the entire province of Quebec. And if you're living in Montreal, 91.9. On your FM dial, you had Paul Biznasty, Paul Bizanet on today. Yes, you know, I, I with what's been going on with, the, you know, as you know, the Babcock saga, I thought what's best to ask the guy that initiated it all, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, what was awesome is uh, the fact that even if it's in his own podcast, Billy Checklin, when he talked about the, the, the Babcock situation, um, he was pretty vague. But uh, we were pretty fortunate that today uh, he was very generous. He gave us a lot of details about oh, what man. happened. He was opening up today. Like I was yeah. like, wow, this is this guy's opening up like never before. And and that listen, that's the respect that he has for you. That's basically what it is. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I like him. We, we did the same job. You know, it's a brotherhood, as you know, the fighting family. You fought it. His... You fought it. No, no. But I did the I, I did the spitting chiclet last year. Oh, and, really? I, and I told him, it's your turn. You owe me one. Obviously, the spitting chicklet is way bigger than, than, than my show, than what I'm doing, right? His show is one of the, what, like you, Tony, is one of the biggest podcasts in the world. No, no, so, he's, got, uh, he's, he's, got, he's got the the number one hockey podcast right now. He does, and, uh, and Elliot and Tony, Freeman does. Tony, Tony you're, close, you're a close second, Tony. Well, I, I think we're a top 10 podcast, but the goal would be to be, you know, in that category. And uh, but they're doing a good job and we're plugging away slowly but surely. And I think if I use all of your contacts and get and, and you can get all those people on my podcast that, you know, I think we can go to top three, George. Yeah, no, I but think, Tony, I think we go to top three in, in my heart. Tony, you're top one. In my ah, heart. Thank you. Thank you. Merci beaucoup. Listen, I know I started with that. But I want to go back to it a little bit later if we can. No problem. Because it's a Habs-specific podcast. There's a bunch of people that want to know what's going on at Habs Camp. I know you talked about the Habs a lot today. Uh, my buddy Stu Cowan put up the, the sheets of the way the teams were divided. Yeah. Let's put up the teams here if we can. Bring them up. Okay. okay. Team A. Suzuki, Caulfield, Jake Allen, Brady Keeper, Conte Miller, Xavier Simoneau. Emil Heinemann, Justin Barron, Jesse Yolonen, Philippe Mayette, Alex Olivier Voyer, Arbor Jackai, Jared Davidson, Christopher Ortiz, Lucas Condotta, Tice Milanic, William Trudeau. Team B, Mitchell Stevens, Leas Anderson, Caden Primo, Nathan Legare, Joe Verbetich, Jason Jaden Struble, Jordan Harris, Michael Pizzetta, David Savard, Olivier Gallipo, Brandon Gignac, Kirby Dock, Noah Lawan, Gabriel Bork, Sean Monahan, Nicolas Baudin, and Joshua Roy. We'll get to Team C and Team D a little bit later. Out of everything that I just mentioned, what we have to know, and this is what's important, is we do have some Habs lines for you, okay? Yeah. So, the lines. Nick Suzuki, let's start with this one, had Cole Caulfield on his left and Emil Heinemann on his right. And on defense, Jackai and Barron. That's the first defense pairing. So I tell you, Heinemann was right wing on the line with Suzuki and Caulfield. Do you make anything out of it at all? What I make out of it is they're going to give a really good addition to Heinemann. Heinemann has a really good chance of making the team this year. Obviously, he's not going to start the year with these two guys, but he can make a spot in the lineup. So... It gives you a good indication the 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 guys that they want to see up there when they give him that good of a chance, right? Because you know that he's gonna look good with Suzuki and Caulfield for sure, because that's a really good addition. Um, you know, there's some veterans that will play just with American Hockey League players, and when they do so, that you know that they don't have any plan of getting him to play exhibition games. But Tony, um, at the end of the day. Um, the one, the only guy on this team that I could see that will end up with Suzuki and Cofield is Josh Anderson. Um, that's the only guy you could put there because 
as you know, they're smaller players. They need a guy that is big, that'll create room, that'll go in a corner. Um, and, you know, hopefully Slavkovsky could but, work. But Anderson, his... was, Anderson wasn't that guy last year. No, no. Yeah, I know he wasn't. But this year, you think about that, Tony, though. This year is different because you need to have duos, right? Yes. And the duos that, you know, Suzuki Cofield and the other duos is going to be Dak and Monaghan. Dak and Monaghan, because Monaghan can help him in, in, a, in a, you know, face-off circle. And at the same time, you know, a big guy like Dak playing center, and then you get, uh, you know, someone to play with them. You complete them with someone, and you have New Hook as a, as a, as a third center um, because the Barack is hurt. So New Hook could be in a, a third line with Gallagher and, and Slavkovsky. You find a guy, to, and then the first line, you, you have to put Josh Anderson there because Slavkovsky is going to work his way into the first line, but not right away because they need a big guy there. That's why you need to put Josh there. You can't put anybody else there because think about it. They, they're smaller guys. You need to put a big guy with them. There's not, only two not big necessarily, guys. The not necessarily at home. You have the last line change. You end up playing skill Tony, versus skill. Tony, Tony doesn't matter. There's good to have chemistry. Guys has to get used to play with one another. And you know throughout the year, it's going to go by waves that there's a lot of different players that will eventually will play with these two guys. But uh, no, like, I'm putting Josh Anderson there. You have to. All right, I okay. will put Josh Anderson there. Uh, there's another line that had Kirby Doc with Monaghan on the wing and Joshua Roy. Does Joshua Roy being there say anything to you? Joshua was going to get a good addition too, but there's too many guys in, in this team. He, he can't make the team because there's no room. Uh, the, he will play some exhibition game, but look at all the players, all the veterans that are there. So um, there's no spots for him uh, as of now. He might play a couple of games this year, get, getting called up. But I just think that right now uh, this team is uh, too many contracts, and unfortunately he won't, he won't be able to, okay. uh, to, to crack the lineup. So I've said over the last couple of weeks here, uh, or actually the last week, because I was back this week, that if there's a player that was not on this team a year ago that can crack this team, I believe the player is Heinemann. Now, having said that, Heinemann being on the number one line today, for me, doesn't mean Heinemann's on the team. No. Joshua Roy being on the number two line today, for me, doesn't mean Joshua was on the team. But I'll tell you what it means to me, whether I'm right or wrong. This is this is the impression that I get. Okay. My interpretation of this is, is that they believe the best scorer they have who's not an NHL player right now is Heinemann. They believe the best player they have at the forward position who's not an NHL player right now is Roy. And I also think they believe the best talent they have at the forward position who's not an NHL player right now is Farrell. But I want to get back to Heineman. Everyone in the world knows Suzuki Caulfield's going to be a one-two punch. Suzuki's going to pass the puck all the time. Caulfield's going to shoot the puck. Even though they're lethal, you know what to expect. You know what to defend. But on the other wing, if you could end up putting a guy who can also score with regularity... Now it becomes the line becomes a lot more unpredictable. Emil Heineman scored seven goals in eleven games with the Rocket last year, and I get it; it's the Rocket, and I get it; it's the HL. But I think he's their best scorer, not in the NHL. And the Roy is their best. And so I think they see Heineman as okay. When this guy's going to be on the team, he's got. Offensive talent to score. Can he be a top six? When Josh Ordoa is going to be on this team, can he be a top six? So I think the audition is there, but it's an audition for later on. Yeah, that, I agree with you. not an audition for now. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. An Anaman could make it now, though. He could make it now. But, you know, Harvey Pinar is there. So maybe Harvey Pinar is the guy that's going to complete, uh, you know, the line with Dak and Monaghan. Who knows? You know, but uh, he's gonna he's gonna get a fair chance because he did good last year. But he's up there. Uh, he's gonna be in the top nine. But I think the third line, when you look at it, has to be Newhook, uh, Gallagher, and uh, Slav. Newhook, I'd love him to be in the top six. 
he's fast. He'd be, he'd be, I put him in in the wing, but you, you can't put uh, um, Evans third line center. Um, you got to Evans is a fourth line center, so you put him there and, and he pivots with Pedzeta with Vora uh, with Var, uh, Armia Pedzeta and and whoever else is there. So that's why looking at that, I think the lines are pretty set. You know, uh, the lineup is done. You, you can know, put with Tanner, all the... Tanner Pearson on that fourth line if you want to. But but yeah, hold on a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, but he'll be Tanner Pearson will be part of the rotation. And actually, talking about Tanner Pearson, um, that trade was good because he got a third or th- third like third round pick. But just so you know, when he talked about it, there's two things that people have to understand. He's not happy to be here even though we said that he is, but we all know that he is not. And he refused to talk to the media the other day when, when, he, when he heard that he got traded first. I couldn't understand why getting traded during training camp when you have family and everything, when you're popular in the dressing room, is not fun. Uh, it, it, it sucks. And with the way they treated him last year with his injury and now trading him like this, well, I finished it. Why, not... why would he not be happy to be here? I just told you, uh, you know, when you get traded during training camp and you have a family, uh, the kids already started in school. You know how oh, hard that is. Oh, uh, that I get. You know, get, yeah. you know, it, it's, the, it's the worst thing to get you to join training camp, Tony. You yeah, got to no, live your whole family. You come here, and the whole family is there. You can't switch school. You can't do anything for now. Yeah, he was very popular in, in Canucks dressing room, and he was mad with the team with what happened last year. I know, but if a team then, wouldn't want then, me, and no, another team would come and get me, no, I'd no, be happy to go to another team. I understand, me. but. There's a lot of circumstance that makes it so he, he was not a happy camper. And on top of it, when the media kept asking him about his health, uh, he's not 100% still. This guy hasn't played a full, like, he hasn't played a full season until, like, uh, seven years ago. He's been hurt every year in the last seven years. Yeah. He's not, he, he, like, and it's okay. The Canadians are rebuilding. Look, the athletics. The, the athletics, the, like, uh, they rated the Canadian finish 31st this, this year. Well, they can do whatever they want. Doesn't mean they're going to yeah. be right. I don't think they're going to be right. But what I'm saying is that the expectation of most people is not going to make the playoffs. So whether Pearson plays or not, it doesn't matter. You'll be a rotation in the fourth line, and that that's it. And this is when he's healthy enough to play. So he's going to have to fight for his spot in lineup. So So that doesn't matter. But it's just because you were talking about you threw his name out there. So I just yeah, but to. listen, to get to the athletic for a second, with all due respect, everyone's entitled to their opinion, and they could very well end up being right. But the way I look at it, the Canadians are on a progressive curve. They finished the last in the league a couple of years ago. Yeah, they finished fifth last last year, and they're getting better. And a lot of teams that were ahead of them, there's a couple of teams that are actually getting worse. The teams yeah. that were worse than the Canadians a year ago, I don't think are going to be better than the Canadians this year. So, you know, for me, you know, you can say the Canadians were last and then they were fifth last. And then this year they're going to be ninth last. And if they're ninth last, they're going to be 23rd. I don't see 31, but hold on. Listen, we'll, we'll, we'll take a, we'll, 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 we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. We have a season to play. They could end up being right. They could end up being right. Uh, okay. I want to talk to you about, um, it's funny because you mentioned Pearson because some members of the media really like Pearson today and some members of the media have Pearson really high up in the lineup, okay? Um, <laughs> I don't know if you saw it, but Antoine Roussel sees Tanner Pearson on the second line. Antoine Roussel sees him on the second line. And our very own Grant McCagg, who's a collaborator on this show, sees Tanner Pearson on the second line. Tony. Uh, you I don't know, know what to think of this. Tony, Tony, a former teammate that played with him is always going to speak highly of someone. Rarely you're going to hear a teammate bring down someone you played with. You know, you're always going to be on his side. So, um, and and you know, it's like I'm not surprised that 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 his former teammates will say that. It's just that, and, and you remember, not last year because you only played 14, 14 games, but. Two years ago, like two years ago, in seventy game, yes, he had thirty five points. So, you know, now he's been hurt a lot. He's not one hundred percent with his wrist. To talk about second line, no, come on, Tony. It doesn't look, look at the players that we have. Grant look, McCag, look the... Grant McCag has Brendan Gallagher on the first line with Suzuki and Caulfield. Okay, but that, that's ridiculous, Tony. And Doc, that, that, Doc Monahan and Pearson on the second line, and then oh, he's Tony, got Tony. Gallagher in the first line. 
I don't. I don't think so either. Tony, come on. Gallagher is a heart, a heart of gold. You know, give Elise everything he has on the ice, but his body is done. I see Gallagher on the third line personally. Yeah, third line too. I just told you with Newhook and Slavkovsky. His body is like Gallagher is like is like last year Gallagher when he came to training camp. He says it is what what. It was one of the first time that he was close to like that he was 100 that he looked forward to the season he got hit beginning of the year and he was done pretty much all year his body is because of all the crash and, and th that he's done that, that his body yeah his body took a toll and the way that he has to play to have success is to crash to the net to, to be an antagonizer but physically he cannot do it anymore and if he doesn't play that way he doesn't have success. In that first line, they need someone big, not a small forward. So then they're easy to play against because, as you know, they're going to play against big defense, like big defensive line that's just going to try to hit them to slow them down. Having a small guy like Gallagher is not going to help. You need Anderson. You need a big body there. Armia could have been a guy that do so, but Armia is big, but he doesn't play big. There's another so, option. There's another option. Okay. If Monaghan's going to play center, which he didn't today, it was Doc. But if you put Monaghan no, 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 no. at center, Doc could play right wing on that line. No, 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 no. Do yeah, but no, you well, need Doc, to develop. Doc was on, listen, I want Doc at center too. Yes, you got to develop Doc as a center. But Doc was unbelievable at right wing last year on that line. And there's nobody you, in the Canadians lineup that you, could do a job 75% as good as Doc did on that Tony, line. Nobody. Tony, you're 100% right that the best guy to put there would be Doc. But you need to develop him as a second-line center so you have a one-two punch in center. You need that. At one point, you know, remember Chicago, they were questioning. The reason why they traded him is because they thought they couldn't turn him in into a center. He had Jonathan Tays as a, as a mentor, and they weren't patient enough with him. Yeah, we they also traded him because they wanted to tank because they wanted to get Connor Bedard. Yeah, we have a jewel in our hand with, with, with Doc. And... As a center, he could get like maybe not right away, but I could see him at center sometimes have better nights than Suzuki. By the way, by the way, I don't, I don't know if you saw this clip, and I mentioned it yesterday. Uh, Toronto Sports Radio Overdrive, the host yesterday, when talking about the Canadians, he sees the Canadians having a terrible season, which he could very well be right. Uh, but Kirby Doc's name came up, and he said, "Well, Doc's not very good. If he was good." Well, why did Chicago trade him? Yeah, those, but, the, but those Tony, arguments, Tony, like, I, I don't. Chicago, I don't Chicago, arguments. Chicago should have kept him. He's young. You're rebuilding. Um, I don't know why they did that. No, they no, but, but what I'm trying to get at is I don't get these arguments. Teams win trades, and other teams lose trades all the time. Who's to say Chicago was right and the Canadians were wrong? 32 teams didn't think Marty St. Louis was good enough to be drafted. They were all wrong. Yeah, but Tony, And then one team that actually gave them a shot, Calgary, put them on waivers, and they were wrong. Daniel Briere at one point was on waivers a couple of times, and those teams were wrong. Uh, Chicago Blackhawks are all the same team that traded Tavu Teravine into the Carolina Hurricanes, and they were Tony, wrong to do that Tony, as well. Tony, look at Chicago right now, okay, what they're doing. If they could reverse that trade and keep Doc seeing how he played last year, you think they would do so? A hundred percent. Having a guy this big skating the way that he does? Yeah. Like, it's rare. The talent that he has, his skill set, that was a gift he did to the Montreal Canadian. That was a gift. That was a steal. And now you developed him as a big center like that? His ceiling is... It, like, is up there. He could do a lot. Yeah. It, it's, like somebody, it's like somebody saying, well... If Sergeyev was so good, why did the Canadians trade him? He's good. They made a mistake, the Canadians. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but yeah, they did make a mistake. And then, you know, Drouin, they thought he was going to be the next superstars after Guy Lafleur. Obviously, things didn't turn out. But still, they tried. Didn't work. Hey, I want to talk to you about some defense pairings, okay? Jacki and Barron, Struble, and David Savard. Reinbacker and Gooley, Matheson and Lindstrom. 
Does anything say anything to you? Do you read anything whatsoever into any of these four pairings? I repeat, Reinbacker and Gooley. Yeah, we know Gooley's in. Lindstrom and Matheson. They'll, they'll both be, uh, they'll both be uh, in the Canadian this year. Yeah, keep going. Savard and Struble. Uh, Savard will be in, not Struble. Jacki and Barron. They'll both be in because uh, Wideman Wide uh, is hurt. Is hurt yeah. So, yeah. so, you know. By, by the way, I think Renault Lavoie had a Wideman back injury on social media a couple of weeks ago. And then... At the Habs golf tournament, they said that everyone was healthy with the exception of Christian Dvorak. And Renault took some heat from some, saying, ah, you see, you were wrong. He was right. And by, and by the way, um, talking about D-Men partners, uh, Jackai has to play every game this year. The dimension that he brings to that team, uh, the respect that he commands, uh, you know, we talk about how this year, this team, two years in a row, uh, led the league and almost a record uh, game loss because guys always hurt. Yeah, a jack high in the lineup is going to prevent uh, guys taking abuse on the smaller players, and will keep this team much healthier. So yeah. I don't want to see jack high in the rotation in and out of lineup. I, he needs I, to play. He needs to play every game. I'm not sure the game is still played like that, but hey, you played the game and I didn't, so you know Tony, a lot more than Tony, me in that respect. Tony, I'm not talking about fighting. I'm talking about I'm talking about his presence. He has a dimension that others like, do not. Why why do you think Toronto got Reeves? Like they got him for the same reason. Like because Reeves is there, Matthews is gonna challenge for the Rocket Richard this year. They they imagine got him, they, they got he, him so that Matthews, Nylander, and Marner can breathe a little bit easier and can play with confidence that if something goes wrong, yes, Reeves will be will, there to answer the bell. Listen, nothing will go wrong. They have Reeves, they have Domi, and they have Bertuzzi. They changed the dynamic on that team. How many times Matthews got criticized last year because he was getting roughed up? He wasn't defending himself. Now no one is gonna rough, rough him up. Not just because of Reese. You have Domi. That's going to be an antagonizer What, what, this what year. did Bobby you, say earlier today on your radio show about Jacki? Because what, what, I think what? I, I, what did Paul Bizanette say about Jacki today? Because I think at one point he was talking about the top five or top ten in the league. Does he no, have Jacki? That... Yes. I asked, him, I asked him who's the top five heavyweight in the NHL uh, this year. He said Reeves, number one. He said Luchik, number two. He said three De Laurier. Then he said Jacki, four. And then he said McDermott, McDermott five. Tony, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on the limb there. Tom Wilson's not too shabby. Eh? Yeah, Tom Wilson is up there too, but I'm going to say Jacki first. Okay? Jacki first. Reeve second. Luchik, third. McDermott, uh, no, uh, Delaurier, fourth, McDermott after, and then Wilson. I put Jack I first. I don't think Jack I can take those guys right now. Now, in one fight, anything can happen. Right now, I, 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 I think I, it's a little bit too much too soon. Tony, you could take them. So you said to Paul Biznasty, Paul Bissonnette, you told him, watch Jack I versus Reeves this year. You're going to be surprised. Yeah. I've known you since you were a player. And when you say something, I know exactly where it's coming from. So are you ready? Yeah. You gave Jack I some lessons this summer, right? I, I, no, I never said that. I'll say it. Well, I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it. Perfect. Anything. So I won't make you say it. So you ready for this? I yeah. say, George Larac, you gave Jack I fighting lessons this offseason. All right? I said that. Hold I, on a second. I, I'm, Hold I'm on not a saying second. anything. Perfect. I'm not confirming anything. No problem. But if I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. I'm not saying anything. I know the way it works. You gave you gave my okay. I'm no, gonna stop. no, I'm gonna stop. Tony, I'm not, you gave Tony, Michael Pozzetta fighting lessons, and you told Pozzetta, talk to Jack guy. I can help him. Pozzetta, Pozzetta brought you Jack guy, and you taught him too. Tony, you're listening to soap opera, and you like no, no, soap no, no, opera. No, no. So. I haven't watched uh, Days of Our Lives since Bonehole <laughs> and Stefano Camera. Tony, I'm, Tony, I have I have no comment. Oh, yes. It is so good to be back. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, you ever watched Days of Our Lives, Stefano Demera? He died and came I, back I four it, times. I, Tony, I watched it for 20 years, that stupid show. Wow, Bowen Hope. 
<laughs> yeah, I did. Bono. Stefano and all that stuff. I know, I watched it for 20 years. Uh, it was it an not. amazing show. Yeah. Marlena, John Black. You were watching that too? You were watching that too? Hey, back in the day, who wasn't watching for Hope? Everybody well, was. Come on. Well, she was uh well, she was our crush back well, in well, back well, in the day. Yeah. Well, I, Among I told one of my, I told I told my teammates once, and I think if I wasn't a tough guy, he would have laughed to me much oh, wow. more than he did. <laughs> okay. Um uh, so the defense okay, now at forward, at forward as well. Alex Newhook at center on a line with Slavkowski and Anderson. I know you told us that Anderson needs to be on the line to open up ice yeah. for Suzuki and Caulfield. But last year, they liked to put Anderson with Slavkowski to protect Slavkowski, who was a winger and who's a guy who got hit a lot more than yeah, Suzuki. But Tony, Tony Slav is 6'4. Like, I hope that this year we don't need to put a guy. To protect them. Yeah, but he gets it all the time. Not this year. I hope not this year. Tony. You don't think this year is going to get tagged? Tony. I don't think I we hope, would be able to Tony, fix that in one off season. Tony, I know, but Tony, I hope not. Because we need a size. We don't need to bring size to protect a guy that is 6'4". Yes, he got rocked too many times last year because he's getting used to North American style, smaller eyes. You know, guys are hitting, less time reaction. Hopefully this year he got it and you'll do more the hitting and getting hit because we need an Anderson in that top line to give some room and not in the third line to give some room to Slav. Owen Beck playing on a line with RHP and Brendan Gallagher. My question to you is... And Owen Beck, whatever... will be a, he'll be the fourth line center because because the Barack is hurt. And uh, and unfortunately, because of that... Whoa, 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 whoa. He'll be the fourth line center. There's Suzuki. Yeah. Doc. Yeah. There's New Hook. Yeah. And there's Jake Evans. Oh yeah, sorry, sorry, Jake Evans. You're right. You're right. So Jake he's Evans, not, you're right. He's not I forgot. Be Jake Evans. You're right. You're right. No, no, he's not. You're right. But he, but because... he will in a year. He will in a year. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. You know, who I think can beat out Jake Evans this year. Leah Sanderson. Who? I wouldn't bet on it, but I think he can beat. If I think he could beat him out. I mean, we're listen. Yeah. We're talking about. We're talking about guys. Here, we're talking, we're talking about, about line players. They're beating. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You're right. But you don't see Leah Sanderson beating him out. He could, but Tony, I, I, let's see how he plays. You know, he's, he's, he's the best player that they had in. So we'll yes. see all that. All goes. right. Okay. Um, Biz Nasty. Oh, let's get back to, um, what did he tell you? Now that we, we talked Montreal Canadians here for almost 25 or 30 minutes here, uh, for about 30 minutes or so. What did he tell you about, uh, about the whole Babcock thing that we, we probably didn't hear before your show today? Yeah. You know, uh, he uh, he was very humble because uh, he he didn't want to take any credit about everything that he's done. And the one thing though is I was asking him, and that was very interesting his response because I asked him um, when Jenner and uh, Goudreau came out and they said that it was no big deal and there was no foul play. I asked him if he was worried, and and he said that he was obviously because of course his credibility is uh, on the line exactly. And then it was going to be a, he said she said and. And there was going to be a gray zone where, you know, people, some people would have called him a liar. Some people wouldn't. And he felt bad about the situation for the kids because he knew he had the, he had the truth on his side, but he wasn't throwing anyone under the bus. Right. So Mm -hmm. he was just hoping that, you know, the story was going to, was going to develop and the right thing was going to happen. So what he said also is that, you want people to understand that the NHLPA is not broken because they got involved right away. They're obviously the reason after what came out yeah. that that the, the true investigation was done and then justice was served. So he commanded the PA after what the, the info that he got that they got in touch with him. So then they got the right side of the story from everyone. And then, you know, the right thing happened. So, you know, I was asking him about the fact that do you find it weird that these players, other than going to the PA and going to the veterans, they went through you. And he's like, well, and, and he brought a good point. He said, if I was in the position of these guys, what would you have, what would you have done? It's, something like this never happened before. Think about it. Yeah. You're a rookie coming into a team, right? 
Yeah. So you don't know about the PA yet. You don't know how that works. You don't want to approach and go to a veteran to a problem when you know that these veteran already talked to the coach. They're close to the coach. Back up yeah. in the league for so long. So you don't want to go and talk to them. When and by, by the they, way, I don't hold it against Boone Jenner not throwing Mike Babcock no, no, under the no, bus. No. He's trying no, to no, develop no, but, a relationship no, but Tony, with his hold coach. On. But Tony, hold on. There's no chance that Tony, Babcock's going to get fired, so Tony, he supports no. him. Tony, hold on. Yeah. There's a difference between how Jenner and Goudreau was approached as it was to the rookies. Babcock's a smart guy. When you approach a veteran player, you don't do it the same way as a rookie. I'm pretty sure that the way that he has the rookies for the phone, like, as what we've heard, is not the same way. There's some of the things that you just cannot do with a veteran, as with a rookie that comes to your house in Michigan and you take the phone and you scroll, you go through everything just like that. There's a big difference doing that than asking a veteran guy to share some family pictures that you're sharing some with him and you're sharing some with you. You know, two different things. You know, George, you know? I'm so disappointed in Mike Babcock. At one point, I thought, wait a minute. This guy won a Stanley Cup. This guy won two Olympic golds. This guy's one of the best coaches in the entire National Hockey League. This is Tony, what I thought once upon a time. And then I heard some of his ex-players and go off on him. And I said to myself, who's going off on him? Depth forwards, depth defensemen. They probably weren't playing. Their career came to an end. They probably weren't good enough. It's sour grapes. They're all upset. They're trying to blame someone. Instead of saying they're not good enough, they're blaming Babcock. And then I saw him in the last regular season game have Mike Madano on his team, who's at 1,499 games. Yeah. And they play a game versus Minnesota. Who's Madano's former team, who's the team that drafted him. And if he plays him, he gets 1,500 games in his career, and he doesn't play him, and his career ends at 1,499. You know what kind of a piece of shit you have to be to do that to somebody? Yeah, I I saw that tweet only, and and I was surprised because, you know, I've met Mike Babcock a few times, and I have to say that I, I like the man. You know, I thought he was a great man. And uh, like everyone, I've, I've heard all these stories, um, you know, and, and I was surprised because it's not what, uh, what I saw when I met him and when we talked and when we, we, we talked. I'm very surprised. And when he came back in the league, I was happy for him because I thought everybody deserves second chances. But all these things that happened in the past and now what just happened now was like you just couldn't adapt, I guess, to, to, to the new wave because – Again, you know, back then, Tony, you know, you're talking about Babcock. But, he's a manipulator. But, but, but Tony, he's hold on. He's a manipulator. But, but Tony, he's a hold bad hold person. But, but he plays Tony, mind hold games. Tony, hold on. He's a piece of shit. Tony, listen to me. Um, I'm going to say something, though, without throwing names, but back then, coaching was different. If people want to throw Babcock under the bus because of the way that he was before, I could yes. tell you that there's some coach back then that also did mind games. They're really lucky that their name are not coming out with some of the stuff that they've done. Hey, back yeah. then, back then, that's the way it was. That's how they coach. It was the hard line. Today, as you know, in the war, and I, and I know, world, and I know, and I know who wait, you're talking wait, about. Tony, They're wait. from the province of Quebec. Tony, so Tony, yes. the woke, the the woke kiss world that we're in right now, coaching. Players now are more prima donna. So you have to be a coach, psychiatric. Uh, you have to breathe them. You have to be nice. You can be too hard. You can yell too hard. You got to be careful. Otherwise, you get called a dinosaur. So some guys today couldn't play back then because coach were too hard. So... Yes, backup was hard. So as most of the coach back then, Tony. So I don't want to bring back things back then I today and say, throw him under the bus, say that he's the only one that used those tactics. They all did. Yes. We were strong, and I played in these times. I understand. And I've had, and I've had many coaches. They Tony. used those tactics 15 years and ago. Tony, I get it. If, and If I shared with you some of the tactics, every coach that I've had, some of the stuff that happened, you would be appalled. And you would call them in today too if I shared I some that. stories. I understand. So that's that. why let's not go in the back. 
this is in a different era now. And as I Correct. said, I just feel bad that we just can adapt to this new era where coaches now has to be like really, really soft because if you're too hard on the player, then they're not going to want to be there anymore. You, you know, like only hockey has changed so much. Yeah, but Babcock, fans, Babcock you, tries to portray this, 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 you know what, this, a professor type of coach, the scholar type of coach, this modern type of coach. Uh, he tries to portray himself as somebody that he's not, you know, like he tries to make people feel that he's a great communicator. I told you what he is. And I'm going to say it because three times a charm. And I only said it twice. He's a piece of shit. Yeah. I don't, I, I you know, he made a mistake, but I don't a like mistake? saying that. No, I, I don't like, but Tony, I don't like. I don't like. I don't. I don't like to use that word and to say that someone is a piece of shit. He made a mistake, but he's not a piece of shit. He made a mistake, Tony, and he knew what he was doing. What? What, Tony? But yes, you know, he, he made knew. a mistake. I mean, but, a but mistake Tony, sometimes he, you don't understand what you're doing, and it ends up being a mistake. Yeah, you don't he, think this Tony, guy knew exactly what Tony, he was doing? He was trying Tony, to play mind games. He was airplaying their phone onto Tony, his stuff. Tony, I, I'm not excusing it. He made I a know. mistake. Yes, but. The name calling piece of shit thing. Uh, everybody makes mistakes. Perfect. You know? Let me ask you a question. Okay. I'm going to ask it another way. When you have an NHL star who at one point was a superstar, who had a brilliant career of over 15 years, and he had a chance to play game number 1500, and he's at 1499. And the last game he plays versus his former team, the organization that drafted him. And you don't play him, and his career ends at 14.99. No, I'm going to ask you something. I'm not going to tell you he's a piece of shit, but I'm going to ask you this. Is that not a piece of shit move? Tony, again, yes, it is weird. And I wasn't there to know about that context. And well, as I said, but Tony, but Tony, hold on, Tony, Tony, hold on. You remember, now you're talking about Baca. And as I told you, I could go on and tell you a story in that kind with players, with coaches. I understand that. That I've had, that I've but, seen. But we're not talking about coaches 15 years ago I right know, now. We're talking I know, about something know, that happened two weeks ago. No, 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 no. You're talking about something that Baca did years ago with Medano. So... Yeah. If you want to talk about things that he did at that time back then, I could throw 10 coaches under the bus that did things as bad as the Madano thing. If you want to go there and do this. But I don't want to I don't want to do this to these coaches. It's not the point. But every if any former players are listening to me right now, they know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, I listen, I hear you. And I'm pretty sure that you know too. Yes, I know what you're talking about. But we're not going there. Well, not tonight, uh, but... Not ever. Okay, perfect. You could go there with someone else, but I won't name names. <laughs> he's, he, listen, he's the same guy that drove Mitch Marner to tears. And I know you're going to say other coaches did it, but you got to understand something. The other coaches that you're talking about, and I'm, this does not make it better, okay? Yeah. We knew who they were. We knew they were hard-ass coaches. We knew that they loved fighting we knew that, that they played mind games that they, they played, played mind, mind games, games. Game. we knew yeah. that they played mind games okay? okay we knew that even without being in that room we knew that they were the type of coaches that would go in that room would start screaming would go nuts with this okay that, but whatever. tony tony we, tony hold on uh stop doing that because i it, it's you're gonna make it too much too clear to people who they are and it's okay. not important to go Perfect. there Perfect. We don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. The problem that I have with Babcock is that he portrays to be somebody else, and in the back, in the back, he's driving a a, a nineteen year old Mitch Marner to absolute tears because he asks him, "Yeah, no, I to know. do a report and, card and it was it, Tony and it was rate wrong. and rate his teammates on their work ethic, and for the guys who scored the worst, he said." You have no work ethic. Even Mitch Marner says you're the laziest guy Tony, on the team. Tony, I, Tony, I know that was wrong, and he apologized for it. It I was wrong. I hope he doesn't go to the Hockey Hall of Fame. Because yeah. a Stanley Cup and two Olympic golds usually gets you in. Let's be honest. Yeah. Personally, I hope he doesn't go. 
Yeah. Because that would be the Hockey Hall of Fame not putting him in. That would be not making him play his 1500 game and leaving yeah. him at 1499. That's uh, it. You know, Tony, um, uh, there's guys that are in the Hockey Hall of Fame that have made mistakes. I know that. And again, I'm not, I'm happy I'm not the one that's going to be judging for this. But, you know, if you want to, what Babcock did is a mistake, yes. But if now um, you're looking at everybody in the Hall of Fame that made mistakes that shouldn't be there, you know, again, that's that's this is a great Tony. That would be a great debate to have. That'd be a great debate to have because I just set you up know, your show for tomorrow. <laughs> no, I'm not going. Yeah, you, <laughs> you have a program director. What usually I just set up your show for tomorrow. <laughs> I'm not going there. I don't want to. I don't want to do hey, that. Hey, listen, tomorrow I think I'm going to join you in studio. I'm going to join you in studio tomorrow. Good. Bring some vegan stuff. Bring some vegan stuff. You, yeah. Okay, why don't you do this? You bring the vegan stuff and I'll eat it. Okay, I'll bring it. You vegans, I wouldn't even know where to go shop. Don't bring I'll me bring tofu because so- I'm not eating that. What do you what do you pl- what do you think is vegan? Because uh, you've been vegan for how many years now? No, since 2009. Since 2009, you've hey, been. Hey, I'll bring I'll, br- I'll bring some fruits. I like fruits. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, so fruits. See, I like. That's, that's what I'll bring. I'll no, bring but fruits. is there? But besides fruits, is there other stuff that you think that I would like? Uh, veggies. I like veggies. Okay. Well, you eat your veggies. I, you eat your veggies raw, by the way. Yes. Uh, everything raw, raw and organic. Everything. Everything raw and organic. Yeah. Uh, George Saint Pierre just did a seventy-two hour fast, and he posted a picture on social media. Did you see him? Yeah, I did. You know, you know what, you know what, he, he did a seventy-two hours, but you know, I do eight days, eight to ten days fast, right? I'm yes, doing I one soon. I'm doing an eight-day fast soon. You want to do one with me? Same time. Water fast. George, I know that it's it's mind over matter. I don't, I don't see how I could l- l- do what I do and not pass out on an eight-day fast. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I love challenges. Really, I do. I just, I, I don't, I like, I got to drive throughout all of this. So I'm going to drive to TVA Spar Monday to Thursday. I'm going to drive, and I'm going to drive there while doing an eight-day fast. I, well, like, I, I'm, I'm scared. Tony, I live in the South Shore. I drive to the plateau every single day. I have no problem. So I'll do this. Give me a baby step, okay? You ready what I'm going to tell you? Yeah, okay. Will you accept me to start with a three-day fast? Yes, and I'll do... When you're ready, I'll do an eight-day while you do a three-day. No problem. Okay, so... I know, I'll, do, I'll do a 10-day while you do a three-day. So uh, my nephew is getting married in October. Let me just take a look at the date. Hold on a second. Okay. I Let leave for Florida we on the weekend, so I know I'm not going to be doing any fasting while I'm there. Um, I'm hopefully going to watch Lionel Messi play a couple of games. Okay. And uh, then I'm back the first. Okay, so I could do it the first week of October, and I can do it the second week of October. I wouldn't mind doing it October 11, October 12, and October 13. This way okay. I, can, I can pig out at the wedding on the 14th. Okay, let's do that. Okay. The, so October, the, uh, the 11th, is, a, is it a Monday, October 11th? So, no, October 11 is a Wednesday. The wedding's on the 14th on the Saturday. Okay, I, okay I'm going to I'll start... do the 11, 12, 13 fast, and I'll eat on, on the Saturday on the wedding. Okay, I'm going to start on the Monday. On the, the Monday is the what, the 8th? The Monday's the 9th. Okay, I'm going to start my fast on the 9th. I'll do it 10 days. Okay, but why don't you do this? Start on the weekend. Start on the weekend. Yeah. 7, 8, 9, 10. So this way... This way, by the time I start, you're already four days into it. So okay. it'll be my okay. day one will be your day five. Okay, I'll do that. No problem. Okay. This way, when my day three is finished, it's your day eight. This way, it okay. makes sense. So okay. I'll send no you problem. the details. You start your okay. fast send me the on details. October seven. Send me the, de- send me the I details. I start my fast on October eleven. Send me the details. All I'm right. In. Thank you very Let's much. Go. I'll see you tomorrow in studio. Hey, I'm coming yes. with my Vespa. Awesome. See you tomorrow, bro. What do you think? XLMoto.com, by the way. XLMoto will take care of you. The way that, Do you ever have a Vespa before? I don't fit in it. You don't fit on a Vespa? No. It would probably be hard on the suspension, eh? <laughs> Pretty big vegan, you know that? Yeah, I know. What's in your tofu? Cement? I don't. I only eat tofu when people invite me for dinner because they don't know what to make. I got it. Yeah. I'll see you tomorrow. See you, bro.
Chapello. Okay. All right, there you have it. George Larac, former NHL enforcer of BPM Spar, Monday to Friday. Larac and Gonzalez from noon to 3 p.m., 91.9 on your FM dial. And I join them weekdays at around 12.40 p.m. Hope you can listen in. For those who want to know where I am besides the sick podcast, of course, I'll tell you my schedule right now because people ask me every day. BPM Sports Radio en français, in French. I'm a collaborator, Monday to Friday, 12.40 p.m. TVA Sport Television, I'm on Monday to Thursday. There's probably going to be a good chance I'm going to be on Monday to Friday starting next week. I'm on at around 5.35 p.m. So that's French television. And then, of course, the sick podcast here talking Habs specific. Monday to Friday, I'm in Monday to Thursday at 10 p.m. And the CF Montreal podcast on the sick podcast network as well. I usually record twice a week or go live twice a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays. That's where you can find me. On that note, thank you very much. If you ever want to send me an email, by the way, Tony at the sickpodcast.com. There you have it. Leave us a five-star review if you liked it on Google or Apple. And if you're watching right now and you liked it, like it. Uh, share with your friends. Comment sick, S-I-C-K, S-I-C-K, S-I-C-K. Montreal Canadiens camp will continue tomorrow. Let's bring up the schedule if we can. Before we break away. And here you have it. Tomorrow, Friday, September the 22nd in Brassard, 9 a.m. scrimmage between Team A and C at 10.10 a.m. on ice practice for Team A at 11.15 a.m. on ice practice for Team C. Media availability with head coach Martin Saint-Louis and the players who will get off the ice. 1 p.m. scrimmage between Team B and Team D at 2.10 p.m. and on ice practice for Team B. And at 3.15 p.m., an on-ice practice for Team D. That and, of course, there's Saturday, which is pretty much the same concept. And then Sunday is the interest squad, red versus white. For Agnello, Sammy, and Juliana and Master Control, they are Cavallaro. If anybody asks you who I am, you say, who, that guy? <laughs> you don't know who that guy is. That guy. That guy's Marinaro. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination. 